0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to
2: the guys of the
0: And we are live. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of and broadcast powered by Social Media Group. I am your host, Chris, And joining me today, off the back of a Liverpool win. It's been a while since we've said it. It's been a while. But we're literally recording about 10-15 minutes after Liverpool have beaten Red Bull Leipzig. Two goals to add to none of theirs in the last 16th of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, I am your host, Chris. like I said earlier. On, and joining me today, I have got Fahy. Ellis and Farouk. Uh, before we kind of get stuck into the game, just a few admin things I need to get out of the way. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much for tuning in and be sure to hit the subscribe button, uh, like this video and, of course, hit the little bell. Bing, uh, to be notified as soon as any uh, of the live streams go up or new videos become available on the channel. And if you're a big fan of what we're doing here at Cop End and you like our Liverpool-related content, then please consider subscribing to our Patreon page where you'll be getting a wealth, and I mean a wealth of Liverpool-based content on a weekly basis. We've got so much good stuff planned and we've had so much good stuff in the past month or so. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a shame to miss out. So from as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to, again, a wealth Liverpool based content again. If you head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas and sign up today, so Jens, let's let's get let's get straight into it. And um, Fahil, I'll come to you first. It's a win, it feels fantastic. How are you feeling,
1: mate? I'm happy, man. I'm happy, I'm very, very happy. It was a great performance, and um, felt like the Liverpool of old, um, exactly what we wanted to see in terms of a reaction. Um, I think Leipzig were the most perfect team to play against, based on the way they kind of set up and the and the type of football they play. Um, yeah, from minute one, I was I I love the approach in the game. Um, high risk, high reward, and that's kind of what we went for. And we got the win that we needed to get. Um, two great goals, two great counter attacking goals. Um, I, I really can't fault any of it. I was super happy with all of their performances. Um, Henderson performed really well. Trent was great at right back. I really could um, applaud all of them, really. Um, but yeah, I'm just
0: I'm just glad we've won a game of football, man. Honestly, it's just been driving <laughs> me insane. Honestly, I, I, we were very despondent at the weekend, and we're going to talk about that last game a little bit later on. Uh, I I didn't watch any football for the entire weekend. Actually, that's a little bit of a lie. I watched some of uh, Manchester City against Spurs, which I vastly turned off because I was trying to eat my dinner and Martin Tyler was breathing down my television. It was really putting me off. Um, Els, i come to you. How are you feeling about the performance from today's game? Did it give you some really good encouragement going into the weekend and kind of getting on with this uh, remainder of the season?
2: Yeah, it was encouraging. um, We looked like the old Liverpool. I say that with a lot of hesitation um, because the last time I said that, we didn't win again. So I think just morale boosting that we was able to go away from home and pick up a comfortable victory against a very good team who were supposed to give us a a lot of Problems um, going forward. I think it's the confidence that we needed. Um, it's the kick of the backside balls that we needed. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm happy, bro. I can't I can't like I like said, I can't really fault anyone in the game. Everybody was on jobs. Um, I want to beat up Curtis Jones. I thought he put in a really mature performance in the midfield there. I really really enjoyed it performance. Enough. Yeah, man. You can see that boy's a talent. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that uh, that triangle that you saw at times on the right hand side with Trent, uh, Curtis Jones, and, and Mo Salah, I'm I'm a big fan of that. We need to see more of that going forward. Uh, Farouk, I'll come to you. Um, we, we were talking about we were talking before the game, um, about how well, let's say before the game before we started uh, going on air about how Leipzig set up and it really played into their hands. Um, I think the the team who've kind of really set up the best against us has been Brighton. Um, are you surprised that them um, Leipzig kind of stuck to their normal guns and didn't change it up?
3: Yes, yeah, like they haven't watched us for the last, like, two months and seen what opposition has done against us because, obviously, the best thing to do is sit back and wait for us to capitulate, you know, which we have done fantastically over the last two months. I personally think, you know, it's a sense of, like, arrogance from them and it's played into our hands and it's just good to have that winning feeling back again, man, because I haven't felt this good since maybe Palace 7-0 and that's that's a while ago now. Um so it's, it's nice but it is also cup football and anything can happen form kind of goes out the window so I don't know I, I just don't know what they were expecting and let's not forget it did take you know one of the worst performances we've probably seen from a centre back in a diet up upper, upper he had that absolute stinker so you know that helps man so yeah man I don't know what they were thinking but they should carry on they should do the same at Anfield and, and help us get through bruv honestly
0: I saw a really funny tweet from Sam Maguire saying that I've not seen a, a centre back with this passing range hit Liverpool player since Virgil van Dijk. Um, he had an absolute mare this evening. He was getting absolutely toasted up. He was um, poor, man. So poor. Yeah, he was re- really underwhelming. I think, obviously, I think the mainstream attention kind of got to him after that performance against Atletico Madrid. But yeah, every time I've seen him play this season, he's looked a little bit shaky you know. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a bit of an odd one. Um, Fahe, I'll come back to you, and we'll kind of focus on the on, on the front three. We have consistent debate in our group chat group chat about um <laughs> the other two uh those the the two being uh, Firmino and Mane not picking up the slack and kind of helping out um, Salah with the old gold total and in terms of performances as well. My God, did they turn up tonight? I thought all three of them were absolutely sensational.
1: Yeah, no, they were great. Um, exactly. It was the front three of old. Um, they, they they worked well together. Um, they were creating chances for each other. And, and the one thing I noticed today was none of them were being selfish. The first thing they would do when they had the ball in a good position, they always looked up to see who else was available. Um, from start to finish, they, they all performed well. I think of the three, Firmino again was the weakest. He did have a couple of chances, which he completely fluffed. But, but I can't fault his effort for t- for tonight. Um, I couldn't fault anyone's effort for tonight. Ultimately, I think Mane played really, really well. Um, he had the the, the right centre back. I guess he was
0: playing at right centre back, right? Um,
1: the
2: Correct.
0: guy that was the... yeah, he was kind of like Laley. I, I called him Laley earlier. He was Bloody awful. Um, and Klosterman kind of both on that right hand side. So he had them yeah, kind exactly. Of like so Mane had to, yeah. him back
1: quite well. Um, what also once he was in the yellow in the first half. He knew he was going to struggle with Mane and Mane knew what he was doing. Um So, yeah, it, I I was super impressed. With Salah, again, the main thing with him is getting him in the right positions and obviously hoping that he bags. And when he got into that position, he did bag today. Um, Mane missed one earlier, but then he made up for that later on down the line. Uh, I think it would have been perfect if Firmino could have got himself a goal as well. But, you know, we can't get everything at once. Um, but the main <laughs> thing is all three did perform well tonight. And that's, that's what I'm happy with.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I did have the ball in the back of the net, but I'm I'm unsure I'm unsure, I'm unsure as to why people are saying that that ball was in play. It was definitely out, um, even if it was in play, it was like the finest of margins, so you can't really get mad of that. But yeah, yeah in, I think mean, that's the first time in a while that I've seen all three of them link up really well. Uh, kind of had that telekinetic ability to know where they where, where they all are in the positioning and kind of sense themselves out. So it was really fantastic to see. Els, i come to you. Um, we were, really, you know, we were we were fantastic this evening, and we've dealt with leipzig's press really well too and I think you can see where the relationship between Quebec and henderson has developed quite quickly within the week. How do you feel about both of their performances this evening
2: yeah i thought i was really impressed um I was really impressed in Quebec um you can see he's still a young man in the way he plays, but he's someone that's still growing in his his position um he started off a bit shaky you know, with Kabat I liked his awareness yes. um, at times he tried to do things with the ball he, tried, he trusted his, his own ability I like players who trust their own ability and with um, someone that's his second start and um, at one point I think in the first half he tried like a drag back on a far edge it went out of play but when someone when someone is able to do that it shows me that they're confident and they know that they belong where, where they are Um he, he was confident on the ball. He tried to play it out a bit, a fair few, few times, which was good. Um, I want him to talk more. I want to, I want to see him talking a bit more there, but obviously, yeah. I can't really, can't really follow him. He's only 20. He's got Henderson next to him who's absolutely bellowing against, against everyone. So, I mean, he doesn't really have to talk much when Henderson's probably talking for him, Alisson, <laughs> Robert. Says he's talking for everyone. So <laughs> I don't need to talk more. But yeah, that's that's what impressed me. Um, there was a chance that Leipzig had and I, re- I really liked his awareness where he came in from the back and he was able to uh, chest it down and and Alisson picked it up. So yeah, I like that partnership. It, it's very good. Um, Henderson, is a couple of times when the uh, forward came on, I think Juan, his name Juan, yeah. I think Juan. He came and he got in behind Allison. Oh, got in behind Henderson. But well, that's no fault of Henderson, really. is like he was doing what he would do in midfield, where he will press. And um, but yeah. Apart from that, it was it was a good performance.
0: Yeah, it must be nice having a substitute you can bring on who can impact games. Uh, so that yeah. must, must be nice for some must, teams.
2: Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got some got some kebaks. Kabak numbers from the game: 67, 67 touches in total. Uh, won seven of his duels, uh, four tackles, three interceptions, three ball recoveries, two clearances, and one take on. So, I mean, fairly, fairly solid stats, really. And yeah, he did did really well. Impressed. Uh, my son made me proud, as I would say. Um, Farouk, I'll come to you on, on this one. Um, the midfield has been a talking point of contention in the past. <sighs> God, God knows how long. How's, how long the midfield been a talking point for? Probably the past month or
3: so, I want to say? That yeah, I mean, i it's been a talking point for the best part of three years anyway, so... Yeah, yeah true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... How impressed were you with them this evening? I mean, uh, it was kind of... When, when Thiago put the tackle in in the first minute, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, are we doing this again? Um, but he settled into the game really well. Like we talked about with Curtis Jones earlier, I thought he played well too. Um, but So how, how do you feel that they operate as kind of like a midfield free unit? And would this be something you'd see um, to roll out for the remainder of the season?
3: I think what was different today was the balance. And obviously Thiago more on the left-hand side. Is something that I don't think we've seen. Um and I think it looked I think it looks good. I think maybe Curtis usually playing on the left is because um when he was in the youth team he was a, a left winger at times so maybe it yeah. makes more sense. But I think he actually looked better on the right today as well. And Ginny with his power and his strength, like because he's no shade but he's passive going forward, I think in the absence of Fabinho and Henderson, he's probably best suited to play in our deepest midfield position. Um, but generally speaking, I think I really liked the balance today. Although it was the same midfield that played against Leicester, I think you know the switching of the positions um, made a big difference. I do feel like the Thiago thing is is really really pissing me off. I, I won't lie because I proper rate the guy. But I feel like he's really overzealous when it comes to tackles, and he—it's mm-hmm. not his game, and it's weird like that he keeps on doing it. It's like what, are you, like the first minute he did it, and I was like, he's—he's—he's he's, he's actually stupid. Like, boy, a that's super, and then he's actually stupid because you've done it like every single game you've, since you have come back from injury, and it's not working. Just chill, uh-huh. just relax. But I don't know. Maybe that's him just getting acclimatized to Liverpool's way of playing, and he's not used to playing at such a high tempo. Uh-huh. I, I I don't know, but that part I don't get. But generally speaking, the midfield was good today. Um, yeah, I think I think they were good. I think the probably the best unit of the team today was for me the front three. Um, mm-hmm. But I think yeah, close behind was probably the midfield three. I don't know. Yeah. Close behind was midfield three, I think, especially because they had to play against, you know, the system that Red Bull played was like four across the middle, so they could have like, you know, overcrowded them, et cetera, et cetera. But no, nah, I think they did well. I think we did well today, honestly speaking. The only thing I'd say, sorry, is that they did let Angelino have a bit too much space. Agreed. Got caught out. Like if if we wasn't on another day he could have at least had one goal, you know. Um and I think that's that's the only kind of thing where it was a bit Alarming, but besides that, I think they did well. Yeah.
0: It's weird that um, it's weird that that wasn't kind of pointed out at the beginning of the game because he's been one of their big danger men uh, in terms of kind of on, on the flank. So it's weird that they didn't pick up on that a little bit earlier on. I just want to touch back on the Thiago point by the way in terms of that those aggressive tackles. Do you think that the, it, it's going to sound weird, but do you think that's got anything to do with um, with him kind of getting, getting that introduction to English football and being on the uh, other end of a hard hitting tackle that kind of took him out of the game for three months?
3: Not like, you know in, in a psychological way I I personally think it's simply because obviously he's playing in the midfield, whereby he has to be almost like a defensive enforcer. Whereas in at Bayern, he didn't have that; he always had the protection. And I'm sure that wasn't the plan for him when he came to Liverpool. But injuries mm-hmm. have meant that you know he's had to play a role in which he, he's probably not used to. And he, I I just think he's really rash and his miscalculation when it comes to tackling it's, it's just odd for such a player. An intelligent player, you wouldn't associate something so stupid and rash with him. But I guess it's clear to see that tackling isn't his game. Any kind of tackle is just like nah. He's good at interceptions, but in terms of tackling in itself, yeah, man, it's it's really frustrating to see because he he does it and he kills himself because he'll get yellow carded in the first half. He's done, he's received yellow cards in the first half like three times I think it is now. It's like, but today he got lucky in it, so I don't harp on about it too much. So yeah, happy with happy with the win though.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one to if you're going to put a bet down at the weekend for Premier League matches, Tiago to Ricardo at any time seems like to be a, a safe <laughs> selection, really. How many
3: is he on? How many is he on? We've passed he's the midway point. He's not going to get suspended, but he's I think on he's three on three or four. Bro, in how many games is like nine <laughs> games? Like, like, man, it yeah, is man. pretty crazy. Uh, we're
0: wow. getting a lot of co- we're getting a lot of comments in. Um, uh, one from Air Jordan Twenty Seven. What do you think about us in Quebec? Um, one from. Anik as well. How are you doing, Anik? And uh, how was Quebec? Uh, we we briefly covered how he was, um, but no man. I think my son played really well. Uh, again, the stats don't lie. he was, he was really solid, and yeah. Um, no, I thought I thought it was really good. So interesting to see how he all will keep playing for the rest of the season. Uh, good area, <laughs> good great areaally, and um, yeah, I think he showed a little bit of authority kind of going forward as well. Um,
3: Question for you, Chris. Chris, Chris yep. what do you think? Um, I know this is odd. It's just something I noticed in him. Like, you know, when you look in someone's face, I remember um, Dortmund, friendly, um, Lovren's first game. This was years ago, right? Yeah. And he was super nervous and you could see it in his face. Yeah. And Kabak, like, on Saturday looked nervous and today he looked a little bit more assured. But personally speaking, I'm I'm very, very, very skeptical about his temperament long term. I was just looking at him like, this is someone who looks like, I don't know, pressure can get to him really easily. So it's actually good that we've got him alone. Personally speaking, I'm pro- probably reading into it too much, but I'm definitely concerned early doors about his temperament, personally, and his ability. To I, think temper- it's
0: cause he, I think it's because he likes elastic last tackle. He's definitely mm-hmm. one of the things as well. And you look at one of the tackles he put in today, uh, it was on Paulson, kind of stopped, stopped the break, and it was a little bit... He didn't have to go to the ground that easy, but I guess yeah. it's one of the things as well where you can kind of balance it off and say he's still only twenty, so he can yeah. kind of get that rash nature out of his game. Um, mm. I think I think he can definitely grow to be a good player if we can sign him for that eighteen million pound. Again, it's something we're looking at in the squad is in terms of that age profile is to get a little bit younger. Have him as the, the developmental centre back. I think he can definitely read the awards, but I think mean, the Lover in comparison is is very apt in terms of the look on his face from the weekend because yeah. he, like, oh, he he definitely yeah. was one of those ones where it's like let me play everything so safe, <laughs> so calm, and then ultimately it, it was it resulted in him absolutely clattering into Allison, which is something that Dejan Lovren probably would have done. Uh, so I can definitely uh, I nice. can definitely see that. <laughs> um, Farah, I'll come back to you. Um... I said this earlier on in, in in the group. One of the big concerns I had in this game was if we do score and make it one nil, we need to convert into a two nil goal fairly quickly, and that was one of the things we did really well tonight. Do you see the elements from this performance to see that the old Liverpool team to be coming back to the creeping back to the surface? I mean,
1: I, to be honest, I saw those elements
0: against Leicester
1: as well. So, for 72, 73 minutes against Leicester, we played really well, in my opinion. Um, and and I, I was pretty pleased with, it, with with the way we kind of um, showed up on, the, on, on that day. And obviously, we fell apart. But that's why I kind of expected to, tonight to be the same. And um, it was the same. So, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, from what you're alluding to, I do feel as if that, you know, the, the Liverpool vault is slowly creeping back in. And the good Liverpool of old. And, um, yeah, again, I think tonight was a professional performance. After going 1-0 up, you could either kind of sit back and rest on your laurels or you can try and catch them out again. And that's exactly what we did. We did it at the right time and we kind of put the game to bed super quickly after scoring the first. So, um, yeah, 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 for sure, I I agree. Um, It is the Liverpool of old. I, I can see the improvements in the last few games and I can see us doing the same against Everton as well, to be honest
0: so I'll come to you, kind of piggybacking off what um, for what Fahy said there. So you saw the spread of the old Liverpool kind of coming to the fruition. The one time I feel like it consistently keeps lapsing, and this happened against Leicester and it's happened in previous games before, is when he's making these first substitutions. So you saw uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Shaqiri come on today. Uh, the ball retention was 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 lax to say the least. They looked completely out of rhythm, and you saw Leipzig kind of get a foothold back into the game. And it was it's exactly the same thing against Leicester, really. Do you think that's more of a personnel issue or more of a clock just having his hand forced in terms of the the availability of player he's got at the moment?
2: Um, it's probably a mixture of both. You know, it's probably a mixture of both. Um, Chamberlain, Chamberlain or Ox, whatever you want to call him. Is suffering from not playing enough games, so the the rhythm is going. He hasn't got the rhythm currently, and uh, and that's what he's suffering. So when he does come on, the balls bouncing everywhere. He hasn't got it on touch. His touch is a bit poor. Um, and shikuri Shikuri again is is a decent player to come off the bench. But I I think Klopp doesn't need to do two substitutions at one time. I'm not I'm not a big fan of that because like you said, the rhythm we lose it a lot. So you can stagger the substitution, So probably that you give the first substitution ten minutes to settle in, then you make another substitution. Then it allows Liverpool just to continue the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, uh, um, I think it's probably a mixture of both the personnel and and Klopp just do doing doing two substitutions at one time. Like for instance, if you had maybe a Naby Keita who's more Careful with the football than uh, Oxley Chamberlain, we might see a bit of a different Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I just think it's probably a mixture of both, man.
0: I guess this is a, this is what question to the questions to the wider group as well, and it's something we did talk about kind of last week as well. When you look at the, it, it is at this point its poorest attacking options, and, and granted, one of the, one of the substitutions normally will probably be either Jota or Firmino coming on at that point of the game. In terms of the attacker reinforcements, that's
3: something we've really gotta look at in this summer. What do you guys think? Um for me personally, it's like like super super like sort of paramount importance for us because like after besides having an extra centre back, getting an extra centre back this summer, if that's it's back, so be it. We need, yep. we need something different in the attack. Like Jotog brought that and we need one more at the very least because And that's just me with with the operating on the premise that we keep the same front three that we have currently. We need one more because it's it's a long season, it's a hard season. It'll be after the Euros as well. Like we can't, it's it's too stale, and we've seen that this season that it's Salah is basically carrying the other two in 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 most games, you know. So we need that different difference maker, and I would like us to go for a different type of attacker as well, make us a little bit less predictable. You know, um, I'd like someone who's a bit more central. So I think Jota kind of covers, you know, top quality out wide, like mm-hmm. wide forward that we have. I'd like to see a top quality forward come in, even if it's not like a marquee signing. I just want a top striker come in, and that will make a difference. That'll make us unpredictable. You know, even down to who starts. You know, you can't really yeah. guess who's going to start because they're all so good. You know, have you got any you got any names in mind or? Nope. All I think of is talent and Mbappe because I only look at top players. <laughs> now. Not, not, I just feel like we're at a place now as a club Agreed. where we, we've elevated ourselves and I feel like we've gone past having players that aren't going to make an immediate impact. And I just want to touch on Ox and, you know, God bless his heart because, you know, when he first came, he was, like, fantastic. But we've, like, evolved past him, and he is just not at the races, even if he did have game time he's he's been kept out of the team by Kurt Jones, and that's not because Kurt Jones is a local lad it's because he's actually better than him you know mm-hmm. um and and that that's that's what my thinking is now it's just like the additions we have we make sure that should be players that are going to take us to the next level if we're trying to build on what we've created that's what we should be doing we shouldn't be signing you know players with like potential and us needing to develop them so much you know um for me personally anyway you know but um left field um you see Marja that came on for that that's on loan at Fulham if we were to get someone who we need to develop that boy is something else man that boy is like it will be cheap and cheerful if we're not going to go for a top player and we're just going to get some like we're trying to save money or whatever which I imagine we will be doing we need someone like him, man, because it's like someone in the box that just puts the ball away, keeps it really. Ugh. Anyway, I could go on about our front three for, for, for an eternity, but I do feel like we need to change it up, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait for us to, I would hope we sign a nine this summer. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think we, we definitely need that kind of chase, change of pace guy. And in theory, it's kind of what Divok should be, but just hasn't been for the past two seasons, uh, in regardless of what Glam thinks. um, Fahi, I'll post the same question to wait, you. Wait, not well. only
3: glam. Wait, wait, wait. Not only glam. Fahy too. Let's let's get that straight. Wait, what was said? Hold on. Wait. What's the, let's what's not the let him, don't let him off the hook. Don't let him off the hook. What's the statement?
2: Um, Do you no, you know the Go statement. Ahead.
3: You know what I'm talking about. He you knows. Yeah,
2: he you know the statement. Yeah, you You know, know it. it. So clarify it. Go on. The audience. Go on, say okay, it.
1: if this is what I think it is, let's not talk about it. We'll take this offline.
2: Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, nah,
1: nah, nah. guys, guys, well, we've got a live show. There are people watching. I think, I think they don't
0: want to hear about <laughs> personal conversations. Uh, people, people came, people came mm-hmm. for a flogging. Might as well give them
2: one?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I will knock well, off this whole screen. I will lock it all off. Man, <laughs> brought-
2: the bus, you know, <laughs> rah, shameless.
0: Yeah, the power went off in my house. <laughs> I turned it <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, fine. I'll, I'll pose kind of the same question to you as well, really, in kind of um, in looking to upgrade those attacking options off the bench as well. And I thought it was very interesting coming off. We'll, we'll talk into the Leicester game a little bit later on, but I thought it was interesting that one of the things that James Madison, James Manson said after the game was Liverpool don't have enough legs in midfield, and when we're kind of doubling back to that, um, she. Um, Shakiri and Oxlade-Chamberlain conversation as well. They're the guys you'd look to say would be our legs in midfield from either in late-game situations or if they are starting the entire 90 minutes. And they're, just not, they're, not, they're either not available or not present in the moment. So it's definitely something that we need to upgrade on. But yeah, I'll let you kind of like say your piece on that too. Yeah, no, I I, I agree on the point. I mean, are you, are you pointing the question to me or are you just asking my thoughts on it? Yeah, the thought the and you know, obviously if you had any plays in mind or in terms of profile that you... Yeah, I, I mean in terms of players in mind, I'm sure there's a whole
1: host of players that can come and, come in and do a job. I mean, compared to some of the dross we've currently got on our bench, <laughs> they can be easily replaced because certain players are coming on the pitch and losing the ball eight times out of ten. So, um, no, no names, but it's very obvious who it is. Again, a good lad, he served his purpose for two and a half, three years, but it's time to go, man. Word to Claude. He needs to go. Um, you know, kind of put him in a swap deal with Wolves in the summer. Bring in a Neto or someone along those lines. Uh, I'll be more than happy. But, um, yeah, it, it, in, in centre mid, we do need more legs. Um, obviously, Jeannie's going to be leaving as well. And he usually is our engine when he when he has his energy. So obviously he's been playing non-stop and he's he's not been able to kind of recuperate and kind of get back to his usual self. But usually he's our engine as well. So with Genie leaving, um, we definitely need to replace that. We probably need two centre-mids coming in because th- there's a couple of men in there that, that really do need to go. Um, in general, in terms of signings for the summer, we need, a, we need a brand new core. It's something Jamie Carragher touched upon in a Monday Night Football, I think last week or the week before. And he was basically saying, um, in terms of evolution, Klopp, what usually what he usually does is he brings in three players each season and they're three key players. And I think, again, with the summer coming up, we're going to have to do the same thing. We're probably going to need another centre-back. We're going to need a centre-mid and we're going to need a forward um, because we need to keep on involving the
0: team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's, it's obviously no coincidence that we're kind of keeping tabs on. Uh, a lot of central midfielders have recently linked to us, the, the two guys from... Uh, uh, munching glad back into mind first and foremost, Zachariah and can't remember the other guy's name. Els, you might know more than me. Uh, <laughs> good lad, <laughs> let's yeah, just call him uh, that. Yeah, good so lad. You know. uh, yeah, it's late at night. It's late at night. on so the brain yeah. dead here. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so it's 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 no, it's no coincidence. Obviously, we're keeping tabs on these guys. Um, just pulled this comment up from Harold to say how good was Curtis Jones tonight, and um, we just signed a bit earlier that he was fantastic. In terms of what we're talking about from the midfielder coming in and taking his chance, um, especially with Ginny leaving at the end of the season like we expect him to, um, he's really stepped up this season. And I think at times he's really played within himself to kind of suit what Klopp needs from that midfield. But you see at times, especially from tonight as well, where he can be a little bit more rudimentary and he can get himself in the box as well. So, no, there's some, some big development there. I don't know if you wanted to touch on a little bit more on Curtis Jones there else as well.
2: Yeah, man, I was really, really impressed with him. Um, we always knew we always knew he was a talented lad when he was in the under 18s, under 23s. Uh, I think from by the time he got into the under 23s, a lot of people were saying like, yeah, might as well just like chuck him to the first team. Um, obviously, at the under 18s, under 23s, he was playing more of a left winger, number 10 role. Uh, when he finally did come into the first team, I was a bit, I was a bit on his neck because he took a lot of time on the ball. And he thought he was in the undertaking and it, it wasn't really wasn't really helping him. But then towards the end of last season, it's like he really took in what the coaches were telling him and he was moving it quicker and he looked like a player who was started to build his all-round game. And this season really matured, especially today. Like It's a Champions League game. It's not like a little boy game. It's not an like FA Cup <laughs> against, against Dillingham, bruv. This is against a top team but you're playing away from home and he didn't look out of place um he used the ball really well, he put himself about. Um he, he took some strong tackles, he gave some back. Uh, he, he always wanted a ball, he was showing for it, he was working hard. So it, it was a good good performance and it bodes well for us because that's possibly like that forty million we've probably spent we've probably saved on another midfielder. So, um hopefully we can get another one who's gonna replace Jamie. Um, going back to Glam's point about a frame, right? oh, no, sorry. So when I say Glam guys living in my head went free Ah. (laughs) Um, going back to Farouk's point about another striker I I do believe we need another sort of an attacker and a number nine Um, I would like uh, a robust a robust number nine I would like someone like uh, Aguero or Suarez who no matter whatever the weather they just want to score and they'll do anything to score um, I think that's the type type of forward we need. Who who has good hold up play? Who's just something. So, so what?
0: So what you're basically saying now is you want Eddie Guerrero up front?
2: Yeah, man. Lie, cheat, steal, take however you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to, well, right. that's what that's what I want. Nah, no, yeah, but we're looking for a, a, just a different player. Just a different player, obviously, because with the front with someone like Firmino who likes to drop off. Link up play it was all well, it was all well and good. It was nice for the three four years he's been there or however long. But yeah, let's try and do something different. So I, yeah, I think that's what we'll be looking at: another centre back, another centre mid, and another forward.
0: Yeah, I think the more you look at it, the more you think of that holy grail and Bafé. You you kind of wanna you you want to make a serious run at that. I I also so, think we kind of need. I kind of feel like we need another one as well, like a different. Type of striker to kind of change it up, and I always say his name. Uh, Weghorst from Wolfsburg would be kind of one I look at. You know, he's, he links up play well, he's just he's six foot five and he links up play ridiculously well, bags goals, gets assists. So, for someone who might not be resigned to coming off the bench, but someone in that kind of role, someone like a Djeko or a Giroud that you can bring off the bench and have a little bit of an impact when you're a little bit stuck in games, and you are in those situations where you kind of just need to whip a few balls in the box a la kind of um, Brighton or Burnley we just need a little bit of change of pace I feel like we'd, we could benefit from a type of player from that as well Um, anyone for, anything else for anyone else uh, in terms of the uh, Leipzig game from this evening uh, I don't know if anyone wants to touch on
2: Trent and his performance from this oh, yeah, I was going to actually talk um, t- in uh, a well, yeah, Trent, Trent played 10am uh, um, tomorrow morning tomorrow morning mate I, know how Trent, I thought Trent played as well man Back, going back and uh, going forward, he, he looked he looked really tremendous, man. And Mane looked really sharp today from the get-go. He just looked, uh, he looked uh, fleet-footed. He looked really quick today. Mm-hmm. Um, against, I didn't watch Leicester, but against uh, Man City, he looked really heavy-footed and he really, really struggled. But today he looked like he recovered from his injury. So I, I was kind of happy with Mane today as well, man.
0: Definitely need the goal. First and foremost, and yeah, that'll do wonders for his confidence. I mean, I mean, we think we were looking at it before. I think he scored. How many goals was it in about four months? With three league goals in four months, so that'll be massive for his confidence. And hopefully, he can kind of start putting the numbers up that we're used to. But uh, yeah, is there anything else that anyone wants to cover from the Leipzig game?
3: Yeah, I think I think Trent was really really good today. Solid, like mm-hmm. made quite a few interceptions. And as a full-back, it's always hard when you're playing against like a wide midfielder slash wing back because you don't know whether to pick him up or not. Um, yeah. As a result, obviously, Angelino got the ball a lot um, or was in space quite a bit. But I feel like he dealt with, I think he dealt with him well when he was faced with him. I felt like he was, Trent is never going to be someone who overly engages when it comes to like defensive duties. But what he can be is smart and intercept and put himself in positions where he's not exposed. And I think he did that really well today so shout out to him man hopefully we see more of the same on the weekend
0: yeah for sure man I really feel like his positioning's improved I think I said this earlier on like in the past the past few past few months his positioning's definitely really improved but I feel like his one-on-one defending which was better beforehand has really regressed so he should be showing he should be showing like whoever he's a his attacker is into their weaker foot. Um, and, I mean, he, he, he did the exact same thing with kind of Harvey Barnes, which led to the free kick, as he did with Sterling, that led to the, led to the penalty. So it was really, you know, a little, little, bit, little bit annoying for, for, from that point of view. But hopefully he can kind of get the, the balance right and kind of piece it together going forward. But, yeah, it, it was really impressive, really impressive this evening. And hopefully there's more to come, especially with, with the derby coming up at the weekend. Um, Chris, what did you think about... Um, sorry, sorry for interruption. What did you think no, about...
1: Because I, I, I feel as if, again, I just feel as if we're we're we um we're we're blatantly <laughs> ignoring certain things, and we all feel a type of way, and we're just not speaking about it. Do so
2: uh, we dive into so, it? Yeah, I, I feel as if a conversation needs to be had. And he's That's kicking. True. He's kicking is shocking. Absolutely, it was average at best, but t- today was horrid. There's some some, there
0: was definitely some moments where he looked like he was kind of second guessing himself, which was really weird because you always think that he's just going to back himself. But I think if it, he looked like he was playing. Yeah, he looked like how Quebec was against Leicester, where you could see it in his face, where he was a little bit like, "Ooh, don't know about this one. Don't know about this one working." Like Croy turn it in my own box and hit it thirty yards and hit Salah. But yeah, it was it was really strange, and he was hesitating on the ball a lot. And I don't know if it's the result of obviously having. Fucking out! I don't know how many, how many glaring errors that he's lead to goals in the past three games. As a result of that kind of kicking him, but he kept a clean sheet. That's so one of those ones where it's like,
2: yeah, oh, he, made but he, really he made a really good save against Okeku. Uh, if it was one on yeah. one and he made a really good yeah. save there, yeah, 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 but yeah. I, think, I think his overall keeping it is not bad. It's just like he's kicking is really letting him down, and yeah, it's jarring still.
0: That is a well, fair point, though, because is- if it was, because if it was, Adrian would be absolutely slapping him around. Mm-hmm. But because <laughs> it's uh, don't get Ali- me wrong,
1: Ali has um, credit in the bank. Don't get me wrong, yeah, he yeah. has credit in the bank. But I think we can still have a mature discussion about it and try and work out what's going on. And I can't. For the life of me, is it because the setup in front of him is changing every single game? Is that what it is? Or do you think it's just because of his low confidence from the previous three games that he's just second-guessing himself? I don't feel as if the players are helping him either. I feel as if the players put him under pressure needlessly. Um, I I, I think when you get to a point where your keeper's making so many blatant errors in games, you kind of take that pressure away from him and you tell the players, you know, don't need don't constantly pass back to him don't put him under pressure just do it when you really need him
3: but but then, then then doesn't that communicate that we don't trust you anymore
1: well that's also true so 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 what what do you think do do you feel as if it's just a thing where we have to kind of just manage him through this and just hope he gets better again
3: <laughs> or I, I think i think yeah that mm? there's no question about the fact that the two center backs that are usually playing in front of him I, for the best part of two year, two two years, Matic, Gomez, and Van Dijk is all that he's a, he's known, you know, and occasionally Lovren. Um, and now for that to be two midfielders is like he's his he's on edge from the jump, you know. Personally speaking, you could pretend to say, oh, Fabri- Fabinho's done brilliantly, but next to him's Henderson or Nat Phillips or whoever Matt Phillips should I say whatever, and it's like. His confidence is already shot before the game started. Mm-hmm. His kicking is just weird because he he's actually historically really good at that, but now, like today, even when he was trying to knock it long, I was like, "What are you doing?" But anyway, back to the point, mm-hmm. I do feel like the main thing is the fact that Van Dyke and Gomez and Matic are not playing, and you know he's on edge from the jump, but his kicking is really leaving a lot to be desired, and I don't know what. The solution is, I think there was a time where Ginny passed it to him today, and I was like, Why are you passing it? Yeah, me? yeah,
0: definitely. He does, yeah. He, he does that a lot, one hour. Yeah. Like where he kind of recycles the ball back. To, it's, when he did it in the City game, it really annoyed me because it literally yeah. led
3: to another goal. But yeah, his confidence, Alisson's confidence, is, isn't the same. There's no question about that. And he, the type of keeper he, he is, you know, you have to have a lot of confidence to play the way he plays, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's. And and there was a moment where he uh, made a clearance. It was a similar situation, I think, to the to the Leicester um, thing. And um, I think Kabak clapped him. And I was laughing because I was thinking, oh, you learned from the last time. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, it, it's something that needs to be addressed. I don't know how you go about that. And, you know, he's not... <sighs> because he's so injury prone, like, we need a backup keeper of really high quality. And I know we haven't mentioned that. Um, but we need to go back to the days, you know, when, like, um, Chelsea had Czech and Gudicini. We kind of probably need to do that um, because, let's be honest, he's cost us the last two um, two matches, all right, essentially. Um, Max. in under normal circumstances, there should be a consequence for that. doesn't matter what anybody says, there should be a consequence for that. But because of the lack of quality we have in the squad, um there's no consequence for that, so I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And maybe maybe he needs some competition to back up his ideas because right now I don't I don't really know for Allison. He's a top player and of course he's got a lot of equity in the bank, so we'll see in it. It is what it is.
0: It's a really good point here from Kyle as well, saying so you know, I think the revolving doors in front of him affect Allison, which I think is, is 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 a very good point. I mean what 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 number of centre back pairing are we on now? Is it 14, 15? 16, I think. Fuck it now that's insane. Uh, <laughs> like that, that definitely doesn't help matters. But also, I think it, it's there's definitely some truth in what Farouk said there in terms of you just how kind of laxidaysical and 2nd himself is. But I guess for the backup keeper point, it's a really difficult one because yeah, if you find a, a backup goalkeeper that's sixty, seventy percent as good as Allison, he's probably good enough to start for most of the teams. So I don't know how you kind of convince a, a backup keeper to kind of come to Liverpool and sit, up, sit on the bench, but I think Steph. I mean, we we had the conversation kind of last year when we kind of saying that Adrian definitely wasn't good enough, and we need another number two, um, because he is injury prone, and we do need a reliable, reliable guy. So whether we do just kind of like go and invest in someone, or we just keep training Keller or the, the other Brazilian lad to kind of take up that number two place, I guess it'd just, we, just we want to want to watch really.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you know footballers have this complex, a lot of them, good footballers, that they believe in themselves. So, you know, if a keeper's coming in, obviously you'd say, and I'd say, oh, he's stupid, he's not going to start. But if he's who he's supposed to be, he'd truly believe that. When I get this chance, this keeper's not coming back in this goal. You know, and that's the kind of players we should be going for, that believe that they're good enough to be playing. And that will show when they play, you know. And with Alisson's injuries this year, and if you have a keeper that's like, you know when Barcelona used to rotate, and they'd have Valdez and Testegen and they'd have one playing Champions League and one playing in the league, both prestigious competitions. You you can have that kind of balance. Um, and maybe easing that burden on Alisson would mean he won't get injured as much. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, of course, if a keeper's that good, then he's probably going to want to be starting week in, week out. But yeah, man, I think we need to address that situation because... Everybody gets nervous when Alisson gets injured. And now everyone seems to get nervous when he's about to kick the so, you water. Know, yeah, of <laughs> It's
0: not, not a great place to be, not a great situation nah, to be in, is it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I think mean, definitely keeping a clean sheet tonight will will, will help with that. Um, the kicking, I just watched, it's yeah, it's just really weird, isn't it? Like, mm. just, the whole confidence has been shot from the past few games. And not really he can do not nothing much you can do about it because I guess you could say you could play Kelleher for a few games as he has kind of proved himself a little bit this season, but he seems to be injured, which again not great. You've got Adrian on the last four months of his deal. We're counting down the days until he goes, so there's no real point rotating him in, and that just opens up a whole Pandora's box of fucking shenanigans that can be unreleased there. So yeah, it's not it's not the best scenario, but um. Yeah, let's 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 listen to the the Leicester game a little bit and I think this hurt more than anything else because we played incredibly well for seventy five minutes of football and then it went to complete and utter shit. Fly, I'll let you take the lead on this one. I, one. I don't, I don't <laughs> honestly,
1: honestly, since <laughs> since Saturday afternoon I have played back that game in my head so many times and I still cannot believe what happened in that in those final fifteen minutes. Like uh, literally it just reminded me of the Liverpool of old. If there was a game I could compare that to, I would compare it to remember who was manager? It must have been Rogers. When we went to Southampton,
2: was it
0: Rogers or was it Clock? It might have been it Clock. Was, actually. was it was it when we were three it up at half time?
1: And
2: and Mike the crap out of us. Yeah, 2-0 yeah, then
0: yeah 3
1: two. Yeah, we were 2-0 up. Um I think Sturridge scored a great goal first half or something. And then just the the second half we capitulated. One mistake and we literally just lost the plot. And I've not seen us lose the plot plot since. And obviously Leicester was Leicester was that game. And it, it was just the most ridiculous scenario where we we've scored, we're playing really well, we, we're kind of maintaining possession you know, we're, we're trying to play the game out. But obviously, in the back of our minds, we should be thinking that, you know, this is what to do. In the final 20 minutes of games, they go after it. And for some reason, on the right-hand side, we just kept conceding the same free kick over and over and over again. And, and yeah, obviously, Thiago was to blame for the third foul, which led to the first goal. But just just the whole sequence of that, the build-up to that first goal was ridiculous. And obviously, we conceded the goal. It's debatable if it was offside or not. I couldn't really care less because ultimately after that, we just lost the
0: plot. And yeah, then then we had the second goal. You know what the mad thing is? As soon as that that offside goal went in, we weren't actually that bad. As soon as it went 1-1 for about five minutes after, we were all right. Until yeah. that, that mad thing happens, where they fucking come back and Alison just clatter into, into each other like a game of hungry, hungry Bows. It was just mad, and you can't comprehend it because it, it had that 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 performance of the weekend and how it kind of like fell out in the past, last fifteen minutes. He had the air of a guy who's just beaten that much that he's just gone. All right, cool. We're just gonna accept it at this point. Yeah, basically, uh,
1: like I'm, I'm still, I'm still shocked by what I saw that game, man. A like, lot, honestly. That yeah. Saturday afternoon, that Saturday, the moment the third game went on, the third goal went in, I turned off my TV and went to bed. I went to sleep, woke up at half five for the Man City game. I, I couldn't believe what I witnessed. And yeah, obviously the second goal you, you had, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't understand why Alisson is running that far out towards his centre back. When, when when someone is there underneath the ball but you know some people are saying he called for it I couldn't care less if he called for it why are you running into your centre back because that's ultimately what he did Um, you, you obviously have the second goal and and then the moment the second goal goes in they've all lost their heads at, understandably like you, you know I, you can understand at that point why they'd all lose their heads and yeah they just gave the third goal away to Harvey Barnes Um. It, it, it was really disappointing. It, it was super disappointing because for the for three quarters of the game we were fantastic, and then yeah, we just completely
3: lost the plot. Do, do you know? Do you know what um frustrates me about that game is that it gives every team hope now. Yeah, now even if it's one nil, you know, as soon as we, you know, concede because even before we we've probably had games like this before where we've conceded late on and then we've gone on to win. Um, but it seems like, obviously, our confidence is so fragile. Um, Klopp actually said one time, this was early on in his, his time at Liverpool, he said that um, confidence is like a flower, you know. When it's growing, it looks really beautiful and then it's easy. As soon as it's trampled on, it doesn't look great anymore. And you can see with our team, there's definitely a lack of confidence. Nobody can convince me otherwise, because the way we capitulated on Saturday, I still can't get my head around it and this is after we just beat Red Bulls like what the hell was that mm. you know it was what 7-8 minutes of madness and we were so good you know before that you know and I felt like we'd go into this game with confidence anyway because the season before we batted them I think 4-0 was, that was Trent's that's when Trent was really good right um, yeah. and then um, you know went in and we controlled the game we actually controlled the game first half we could have been ahead to be fair and we controlled the game and then a moment of madness after the equaliser because, at the end of the day, okay, let's throw at home they equalise It's not the end of the world. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You still you keep on pushing, and at the, let's be honest, we wouldn't have been too upset with a draw, you know. But, to well, that was gonna be, well, that was going to be my next question because I was going to say, in the
0: position we are now where we not don't necessarily need to chase a win for every single game. Would that have been a situation where you kind of put your foot on the ball as soon as the, you restart and say hey, we're keeping this for five ten minutes and you make Leicester come at you? So if you want the you want the ball fucking come through?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> for me, I think we'll get top four. Um, and I like for example this weekend we probably will not touch on it, but I, I do predict we'll win. We'll, we'll beat West um, Everton because they're Everton, innit? But um, <laughs> yeah, we we are making it really hard for ourselves, despite us not having centre-backs. Like, that's, yesterday, I mean, Saturday is not a centre-back problem. It's capitulation. It's mental. You know what I mean? And I think, personally speaking, you know, we need to nip that in the bud ASAP. Like, ASAP. Because it could can, it can turn really ugly. You know?
0: It's, it's one of those ones where, you, and Els, I'll come to you for this, it's one of those ones where you can brush off a 3-1 if we were incredibly shit throughout the game. But again, like I said, for, for 75 minutes of that football match, we are fantastic. We, we were the better team. Um, to the point where, you know, obviously the first 25 minutes of the match, Rogers has to change up his game plan completely. You know, he, he starts at the 3 at the back and he goes to back to 4 um, because we're getting in so often and we, you know, we're basically kind of at the edge of their box at every single opportunity. And again, that goes back to that kind of, from what I was saying earlier on, that little bit of a lack of ruthlessness. If we would have made it one 0 in the first half, because the the, the Salah goal is going to go down as one of the um, yeah, it's it's unfortunately so it's a it's a loaded vault of forgotten Liverpool goals. It's right next to the Benteke bicycle kick at Manchester United. It's a fantastic yeah. finish, and it's just going to go unforgotten because that should be a goal where it it, it makes a one into two nil. Uh,
2: and, and that's it. Uh, I think this well in the period. In the last six to eight weeks, that's where we've lacked on just our ruthlessness up, up top. Um, usually, from like let's say last two seasons, we start the game blistering. We've got like two goals in the next, first like ten minutes of a game, and we just finish finish them off. Um, yeah, I don't know. Had, had we taken, have we taken the lead and you know just played around Leicester? Because I watched Leicester against Wolves, and they weren't brilliant. They weren't bright. They weren't bright They were there to be got at, And Because we didn't Because we didn't take our chances That we made a mistake so It was easy for them to get Get in You know Get into their game And that So hopefully going forward Using today We're, game, we're able to quickly Turn our 1-0 Into 2 nils, And and bit, bit, Have a bit more confidence To like Just get our foot on the ball Because even when it gets to 1-1 You want to put your foot on the ball And you want to calm everything Around you You want to take this thing Out of the game and recently we haven't been doing that and that's allowed the teams to get in uh, and get control of the game so um, going forward hopefully that is something that we we will change and and sort out
0: In terms of the actual game plan it gets very stifled as obviously Milner comes off with an injury and again that's probably down to that, that that's more down to kind of cop squad usage in terms of how many minutes he was playing against uh Spurs, West Ham, and then ultimately Brighton all coming back to kind of bite him in the arse realistically, because you look at how Leicester target our right hand side and that deficiency, Barnes is consistently getting in. Um, and you've not got that cover really to kind of support Trent, so it's no surprise that they score or they get a lot of that opportunities from that side. So it's a little bit of a pain in the ass there. Fire, I'll come back to you. Um, kind of from what we were talking about earlier on in that performance, did you get anything from it that would give you encouragement from now to the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I
1: think I think I got the same from tonight as well. So anything you saw tonight. I kind of saw on Saturday. It just it just seemed as if the, the tempo of football we were playing was much better. Um, we weren't we weren't kind of dilly dallying with it um, in defence. We kind of moved the ball forward as soon as possible, and the full backs were making runs forward. Trent was great on Saturday. He, he he was bombing forward on Saturday, and that, that's that's the Trent of old. And um, obviously tonight we saw Robertson kind of join up with Mane a few times. Um, so so yeah, I mean it, you, you can draw parallels between Saturday and tonight, and it's it's kind of the same thing. I just think the, the flow of football was much better. The, the team seemed to understand each other again. It didn't seem as if we had eleven foreigners that have never met each other on the pitch. Um, you know the, the chemistry was there. So yeah, I, I think just in general from a Saturday performance, there's a lot to take hope for, um, hope from, and that's what I saw tonight. And that's why ultimately before the game I said, I think we're going to win 3 nil tonight because I, I saw enough in that Saturday game to think, yeah, Leipzig are going to give us opportunities. We're already hurt as it is. We're going, to, we're going to kind of make a statement. And obviously it wasn't 3-0, it was 2-0. But I think we're going to continue on down that lane, continue playing the same type of football, Um and, and yeah, go from there. Obviously, it makes it a bit hard right now because once again, we've got stupid injuries and, um, hopefully Fabinho's back for the weekend. But then again, do you want to risk rushing Fabinho back? I, I, I don't know if, if, if that's something you want to do. Um, so if you don't rush Fabinho back, then you're back playing the same 11 yet again. Um, and what happens when you keep playing the same team over and over again? Yes, they they familiarise themselves with each other, but also someone always drops down. So then you're going to have the same problem again. So um, it, that's the only thing I worry about. But in general, in terms of performances and in, in terms of moving forward, I, I, do see, I did see a lot on Saturday to kind of um, f- feel happy about.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's a weird one. That Leipzig return leg is in three weeks, which seems like a... a it seems like it's a, a mile away, but the way the time is kind of amalgamating into one long day, it'll probably end up being tomorrow by the end of it, by the end of it. So hopefully, yeah, we, you know, we have we have Fabinho back, we have Kaita back, and we have Jota back, will be back Why, as well. Right? Yeah, so those could be three massive key reinforcements. So hopefully, we can kind of get them integrated. But again, with the way the fucking injuries have hit this season, I'm not counting anything realistically. If we if we have two of them available, I'll be happy. Um. I thought, Again, in terms, of the, in terms of the game plan, there was definitely a targeted job in terms of not allowing T- Tillemans to kind of get into the game. And he didn't really have that impact that he normally does mm. in games. He didn't have that, that, that freedom to kind of run about. was massively impressed by Wilfred Adidi, though. I mean, Jesus Christ. You talk about a guy that was giving anyone no space and was consistently on heels. There was, there was one part of the game which I thought was really funny. Um and then ended up getting used to the meme where kind of Thiago dropped the shoulder, turned, and looked like he was through, but then and Didi was like literally Prattled. literally the recovery. What? It was on his ass, man. He's such a good player. I d I don't he's he's so good in terms of obviously kind of winning the ball back and doing all the all that dirty work. I, I still I still think he'd be a really good player in terms of obviously being a bit more progressive with the ball too. Um there's, there's even more of a diamond player there to be unearthed.
2: Yeah yeah, man, yeah I like Reed, him man. Uh, Alex, yeah. I like him, man. I think he's a top player, man. I think he's a top player. Really stalwart in midfield. Obviously being from Nigeria, watching him, he's, he's really, really impressive, man. I, th- I think I don't think he's on the ball. He, that prob- that's probably his weakest part of his game. Like playing, like being progressive. Like you want him to be closer. I don't think that's in his in his nature. He's just a more like a modern day destructive midfielder, whereas. If you compare him to that, let's say Fabinho, who can play football going forward, there's a difference. But apart from that, he's a top, top defensive midfielder, man.
3: I think that's probably what holds him back from moving up a level. And mm-hmm. I think like his ceiling is probably Leicester. Because now, as a midfielder, you've got to be multifunctional, man, even if you're a DM, you know. Um, so I think that's what holds him back. But he's still a really, really, really good player, man. Tidy um, in terms of, like, he's going to press the life out of you and he isn't going to give you an inch. You know, um, He's a good player, man. I like him.
0: Would be a miss if we kind of didn't talk about the officiating from that game because he was a little bit mad for me. Um, I don't know how he gives... Uh, there was one where Kabak makes a fantastic tackle, which literally got done on the other end and didn't get called for. And then somehow he gets booked. Um, and then the Mane one where he's blatantly pushed in the back and uh, it's not given as a foul was just uh, that was that was absolutely mind blowing to me and again the whole VAR thing comes into question and I'm not going to waste too much time talking about that because uh, a lot of people say that VAR is ruining football but I, th- I think people still kind of think these robots in the machine. I think it's not. Well, it's the just, game has gone, man. The game has gone. Like th- this isn't my sport, man. <laughs> this isn't what.
1: Well, no, the funny thing day. was.
0: You know, the only thing was, I was, watching, I was watching some of the cricket this morning, it? And they did the exact same. They did the referral uh, on an LBW and they did the Hawkeye on the tracking. There was none of the nonsense. Everyone waited and it was done in about three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Is, it, is it the
2: same with cricket? Is it the same with rugby? Like,
0: Tennis, it's, man.
2: Like, like, it's NFL, the same with everything. NFL, yeah. It's just, it's just so easy. Even like in rugby where it's just like, you got thirty men on the pitch, and everyone's toss was bare high and that people. Bro, everyone just stops, still. Referees talking to the video referee. Oh, yeah, yeah, his foot was off the line. Oh, God, no try. And never carries on with the business. But in football, it's just like the officiating in this country. The standard is so bad. It is absolutely diabolical. Terrible, man. Terrible. And it so, it's
0: cry. so weird. It's so weird as well because obviously you look at the you look at the referee in tonight's game against Leipzig. I thought he was really oh. good.
2: He was. He just
1: let everything go. Even like the VAR. I though, thought he was a bit rash. He was a bit rash. He was a bit unfair to a few Leipzig players. He was just branding, brandishing out yellow
0: cards whenever he could, man. The double booking I, th- I thought was a bit mad. <laughs> Chris, Chris,
2: just thought i let
3: you know. You
2: got a yellow
3: card. Chris, oh. Chris, just just I'd let you know that Kavak got man of the match. Didn't
1: notice. Yeah, but yeah, but yes. hold on, hold on, hold on. Was that an official man of the match? or Was that fan voted man of the match? Because <laughs> nah. the Turks going hard, man. About, dude, do, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, so who, I don't will. know.
3: It just it's on the it's on the Instagram feed. I don't
1: know. Yeah, all I'm saying is if that if that is fan voted, the whole of one yeah. It's literally moving forward. Every single game that Liverpool win, it's gonna be Turkey versus Egypt.
3: That that's all it's gonna be. Crazy, nah, nah. Okay, just for Chris, your son did you proud, didn't it, on his Champions League debut? We, and
0: we so. did, we did it, we did it, son. We did it, we made it, we got there. Actually, he played well, but it, again, a, a little little advice to kind of anyone who's listening and you know they're kind of thinking about doing some kebab kebab jokes. Don't do it because the Turkish people will flood your mentions and they'll say that they're plan. gonna like shove things up your ass and stuff. So just don't do it. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it, you're right. <laughs> but um yeah, if if anyone needs things thrown up their asses, the officials, man, because Jesus Christ. Um it, was, it yeah, it, it it blew my mind. And the whole the the line drawing just absolutely does my head in. Oh bro because it oh, don't. <laughs> don't I sat looking at it by the way.
2: Well, because was the a...
1: picture I, think, I think a journal from the ESPN, he, he does like a weekly thread on... God, and God like, bless him, by the way, as well, because he does it every single week. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I was looking at it, and he was like, I can't even tell how they made that decision. And I proper, you know, I've got my spectacles on now. I was proper like this. <laughs> proper analysing all the lines, like, yo, yo there's Firmino's <laughs> that's foot. That's Man, I was proper like my face was on my screen like this <laughs> looking, and I, for the life of me, they, they were measuring it from here. Yeah, but if if he scored from here, that's getting disallowed. Yeah, because it's a Yeah, but but something about sleeve and I, I, this sleeve rule just it's just stupidity, man. And Firmino's foot was hiding behind eight other men.
0: So how
1: yeah, do you? Yeah,
0: Flaminio's foot. I, I never knew that he had size eighteen feet. By the way. Bruh. Wow. It, it, it's Bruh. so dumb. It's so dumb. But again
1: again we we did get our fair share of decisions last season. So, you
2: know, I'm not gonna really? really complain too much about who they are. But it is ridiculous. But what's funny you is West Ham got a um I think no, Sheffield United got an offside against West Ham. You know they had a penalty but then it was offside. it was the same thing as the Leicester one. The same same offside, it was bare it was rubbish man. Speaking Speaking of, it, it, um, later on you'll probably see on your social feed a referee, referee in the Ipswich game Ipswich versus Northampton has put his head into a um another Ipswich player he's actually like what? squared up to him. he's squared up to him bro. ooh bro, nice they're, fight, they're fighting back you know Right, this country's a mess <laughs> again <laughs> like like I <I'm> said you, <laughs> you, you know, know when, when said Brexit means Brexit down. and then they put it
0: in
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs>
0: Fuck it, hell man. Yeah, uh, the the one that always gets the one that got me is the the, the check one. Uh, apparently, they they gave the decision because his fist was clenched like the fucking Arthur meme, and like that makes that made no sense whatsoever because his fist was clenched. You know, his fist was like about a yard away from his face. It, it makes no fucking sense to me, but I, I did think it was funny that Maguire said that we've been officiated differently since uh, other people started complaining about it, which basically means that you've been relying on VAR for the vast majority of the season to kind of get going. Yeah, and,
1: uh, and it's the dig at Klopp as well because he's on about Klopp because obviously ever since Klopp made that comment about United and their decisions, they've not actually had any. So um, yeah, <laughs> shame on you, sucker you £80 million bum. You you, you absolute waste of space. <laughs> How about you learn to defend, number one, and you might get some decisions. Um, but yeah, the game was gone,
3: man. Mm-hmm. Oh, On God, did you watch the game? The United game?
1: Yeah, he's trash. He's so
3: bad, isn't it? The guy's trash. £80 million pounds awful, was man. trash. He, he's ab- absolute garbage. Bro, awesome that, player. After the worst transfers ever, man. Honestly. You
2: know what everyone says? I'll say i he's up there with Kepper and Pepe, man. Yeah, definitely, no
3: question.
1: You know what everyone says Dejan Lovren was at Liverpool? That is exactly what Harry Maguire is. He's yeah, fucking
3: horrendous. I, he's terrible, man. He's terrible. He's fucking shit, he's man. Awful, man. So bad, so bad. More power to them, though. They should sign more, more players of that year.
1: Yeah, I mean but, that's what they're about, man. That, that's what they signed, So uh, yeah. let them keep on doing it.
3: Yeah, it was their it was their master plan.
0: Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that's Leicester game was obviously a massive letdown for us, but and hopefully we can kind of keep the the great momentum that we've had from tonight's fixture and take it into the Merseyside Derby. Oh, go on he go I've got a question before we wrap up. Yeah. What is everyone's
1: thoughts on Kwanzaa? We've been linked to Kwanzaa from Aston Villa. Uh, I'd I'd love to know what everyone's thoughts are on him.
3: Kwanzaa, for me is he's, he's a good he's a really good player. Uh Charles. Earn, Brentford, Villa, he's made, like, good, like, steps in his career. And with defenders, obviously, you know, they do come out, like, later, like, in terms of, like, at the top level. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know how much he'd cost. I think it cost quite a bit. Because from my understanding, I think Brentford do have a sell-on. Um,
1: He's got two years remi- remaining on his contract as well.
3: Yeah, so he's going to cost quite a bit. Um, And, you know, him... Being English means there's going to be an extra tax on that too. I like him, but I, I just don't see it happening. You know, I like him, but I just don't see it happening personally. You know,
0: I think he's. I think he's very. I think he's a very good defender. The passing needs a lot to be desired. And if you're going to be obviously a centre back long term for Liverpool, that's one of the things you, you definitely need to have that range of passing. But um, um you, you you see how he defends really well. He's very good league, good set piece threat too. So it's it's interesting that we're looking for someone like that, but I think if you look at the the market as a whole for central defenders this upcoming summer, I mean, you know, there's still guys like uh, Klaecker, uh, Sven Botman, uh, Kunde from Sevilla. There's definitely options on the table, but it's interesting that he's in, he's in the frame. He's doing really well at Villa as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Man. I like him, man. I like him. I think he's better than Inks. So, oh Europe, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Something. he played for Samrab as well, which is so he's got a, he's, he's come through the right path, like through
3: says, man. Yeah, quick there. one, guys. Um, off topic. I uh, just want to say Salah's got 24 goals now. Yeah. Um, his three <laughs> and a half year run, I think is only bettered. Like, probably gonna have to check the, the stats, but it's probably only bettered by like Thierry Henry. You know, in his in his pomp. Like, this guy is a phenom- phenomenon, man. Honestly. <laughs> It's mad, it's unreal. He's an mad. output machine. It's, it's Peter actually Crouch. Crazy. It, Peter Crouch said it before before the game.
0: He's the most unappreciated player in the league, even now. And I mean, we, I mean, fucking hell, how many times do we see it on a daily basis uh, from yeah. our own fan base, let alone the wider league? What this guy has done since he's come back to England and to Liverpool has been nothing short of sensational. Okay. It's, it's breathtaking to watch him play.
3: The perfect example is this pose. Like what we've just done today, right, is we've spoken about how good Mane is um yeah. was. Because the stand like Salah doing it is not, we we didn't even touch on Salah. I don't think anybody yeah. we touched on the front three as a whole, individually we didn't touch on Salah because it's normal. It's mad. What that guy's is doing is mad.
2: He's mad. He's mad. Absolutely. We had a we had a what what two hour discussion in in the group chat about about the front free and and people are sticking out. So I think, bro, he's got 24 goals. What do you want him to do? <laughs> it's <laughs> mad. It's actually bro, mad. It's
3: stubborn.
2: He's, so he's,
3: he's,
0: be, he's been with Liverpool for three and a half seasons and scored 118 goals.
2: Damn, nobody's done that. Oh, exactly. Nobody's really done that. It's <laughs> crazy, bro? bro. I think he's what? Nah, man. He's uh, six goals away from 100 in the league. He's eight, eight goals away
3: from 100. He's played 40... 40 less games than Mane has in the Premier League and has got 10 more goals and Mane is a top player like he's he's, he's something else man. he's something else he's insane man
2: yes. he's insane player bro yeah so
3: let's cherish him while he's here man
2: facts
0: we need that Salah Mbappe
2: link up for
0: next season 100% but yeah it's like you said Parish, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's definitely cherish him while he's here um and it yeah <laughs> that was such a nice sort of little dig before we end the pod fantastic but yeah it is true Anik you need to appreciate him a lot more than you uh, than you do at the moment Um, yeah hopefully we can kind of obviously carry on this fantastic performance from this evening into the Merseyside Derby and of course here at Cop and Fracas, we'll have you covered with all the free match coverage as per usual. Uh, our preview pod will be dropping on Thursday and we've got a lot more stuff in the interim as well, so please if you haven't already, head over to our Patreon page and from as little as £3 a month you can subscribe to a wealth, again, a wealth of Cop and Fracas content. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracas.
1: Take a breath. How many pods are coming out
0: this week, Chris? Uh, we've got we've got four.
1: Four pods on the page all you have to do is sign up and you're going to get four pods a week like do you that's 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 16 pods
0: every single month extra that you're getting from the cop team and sometimes, we're in even better, and sometimes we're in even better mood So there's been some occasions We've been six pods a week I mean fucking hell What more do you want man? Literally, literally, literally Our patrons are, are, are loving the content
1: And you know like, We're going to continue feeding them So if, if you've not signed up Definitely try us out
0: Try us out for a couple of months See how it goes like, I'm sure you'll enjoy the content 100% couldn't have put it there myself but that has been Your episode of Cop and Frackers For this week The Reds Are getting back To their boss wave, Bring on fucking everything Their shit Will put them back In their place I've been your host Chris, And I've been joined by Farhi Ellis And Farouk Gents Thank you for joining me my you are, audience Thank you for listening Ooh. We'll see you next week
1: Higher than the liver bird. No club anywhere carries the feud of
3: Liverpool Football Club. More social podcast network.